Hi, friends. Welcome to Unyielding, a podcast for Pathways to Hope Network. Our goal for this podcast is to connect with mothers of children facing the juvenile court system. We want to use this platform to give a voice to the challenges you're facing while you're learning to navigate the sometimes scary and uncertain world we enter when our child has been charged with a crime. For the next 30 or so minutes, we hope that you will feel seen and cared for. We hope that you are reminded of your value and that you leave a little stronger than you arrived. Most importantly, though, we hope to honor the always beautiful, often heart-wrenching, unyielding love that a mother has for her child. Hi, friends. I'm so glad that you are joining us for this episode because it has been a long time in the making. When I first started this podcast, I thought about how great it would be to have a platform that spoke to the unmet needs of families in our community. Today's episode is the first of a series of episodes where we will be interviewing different people who will offer different perspectives on the journey a parent travels as they walk beside a child who is facing allegations, arrest, probation, or even incarceration. My guest today is a mom, just like you and I. She raised her children with a loving heart and taught on the importance of responsibility and kindness towards others. Like us, she struggled with knowing how to best navigate the turbulent waters of having a child in crisis. Today, she offers insight on something she thinks you should be doing that you may not be. Please welcome Tanya to the show. Hi, Tanya. Hi. How are you? I'm good. I just want to thank you so much for joining us today and for being willing to share a bit of your story with us. Before this interview, we had a discussion about what it was like for you to have a teen who had gotten into some trouble. And you talked about how it felt like you were running around with your eyes closed. Can you talk a little bit more about that? It's kind of a... I think it's like a self-protecting mechanism where we're just, we don't want to feel all the feelings all the time and all the, all the emotions that come along with it and all the, the pain and the, I think it's kind of a, let's just push through it and get through it and not really experience it yeah (laughs) I hope that makes sense yeah no it does like yeah let's just push through it as fast as we can and hopefully it'll be over and we can move on with life and I think part of that part of that I think is also this idea that we don't really know how to handle it too do you think that that played into it for you as well oh definitely I yeah I was alone in the process um, because I didn't want to tell people. I didn't Mm -hmm. want to have people know what was going on. And so I was all alone just trying to figure it out. And, you know, Mm -hmm. my son, he, he wouldn't have any insight on it, you know, because he's never been through the process and being so young, there's so between the two of us, there wasn't a lot of knowledge going into the process. Right, right. Hence, hence the the game plan to just 
keep our eyes closed and try and get through it as fast as we can. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It totally makes sense. Okay. So as a parent who's been through this, what's something that you think parents should be doing that they may not be doing right now? I would say spending extra time with a child, with the teen that um, has been in trouble and not in a judgmental conversation or a scolding conversation or a nitpicking conversation, whatever, whatever form that they usually come in when you're dealing with someone that's caused a problem or is in trouble. Spend time with them a loving way, if possible, and sitting there listening to them and and getting to know how they're feeling during that time. I know that I didn't spend enough time just sitting with my son, giving him the time. I feel that if there would have been a little bit more connection with him, even though he's in that age where they don't want that mom and dad hanging around. I think that if I would have just sat there and spent time with him, I think there would have been a better connection and we could have gotten through it a little differently mm-hmm. instead of it's me against him against the court. We could have gone into it together and figured it out together. Yeah, that's so good. I I love that advice. When we sat down and had this conversation beforehand, like as soon as you said that, I was just it completely resonated with me. And and I think that that's something that's pretty common for families who are going through this. I think that um, there's usually kind of two main trains of thought that go on for parents. Um, And sometimes it's even divided by the father and the mother, but, um, and it's either, you know, you're, you're angry and disappointed in your child and you are focused more on making sure they understand that what they did was wrong. And so you kind of tend to withdraw a little bit, maybe out of that, or maybe, out of just not knowing how to appropriately respond. Um, And then the other way that I see a lot of people handling it also is kind of the reverse of that, which is where like they feel so bad for their child and what their child, you know, what this means for their child's future and maybe even understand it um, on a deeper level than their child understands it, that they, they kind of over empathize with the child. And so there is usually, it's usually one of two ways that I see most of the time for families, but this need uh, to, to make kind of purposeful connection. I like, I like the idea that you're talking about doing that in a way that is not coddling. It's not condoning anything. It's just meeting them in the space that they're in with love. And you had mentioned that things might have been a little bit different for you if you had taken that approach. What what benefits do you see for for parents who do make that connection be a priority for them? Well, I feel like if 
you can restore that connection between you and your child that that you can get through it together and maybe come out the other side connected instead of continuing the divide that I think nature kind of puts into play. Children mm -hmm. are meant to leave their, their parents and go off into the world. And that starts mm -hmm. as a teen. And I think it's just biological. That's kind of their, their time to start disconnecting from wanting to be on their mom's lap, <laughs> you know, or, mm -hmm. you know, all the, all the, the small child attributes, but if you can remind them that, that their family is still there and they're needed and they're loved and that their family needs them, then they will remember that they need their family and their support. Yeah. Um, and they don't have to conquer the world alone. I think that that kind of gets lost. And I know that in my experience, it was, oh, you know, first child, for, uh, it's a boy and I'm not, of course. And so it's, a, mm -hmm. it's hormones and it's different letting him go, okay, well, this is, I guess, what teen boys go through. I'll let him mm -hmm. be him and do him. And, and I kind of just let him go off into the world without having that strong connection, a reminder of that strong connection and spending the time with them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I like what you said about that. It is kind of this fight against nature also that's going on. And you're right as moms, uh, especially moms of boys where our relationship with our with our boys growing up is very different than our relationship with them when they begin to the teen years. There's a natural process that occurs there where they begin to pull away and become independent. And so knowing for us how to continue to show up and be loving and caring and support them is a struggle all on its own, but then throw in the fact that, you know, they're got into some trouble and, and now are having to deal with some real consequences, then that just, that really muddies the Especially waters. Especially if you have, you know, some advice from someone that says, oh, you know, they got to deal with it themselves, you know, let, he's a grown, you know, teen now, let him figure mm -hmm. it out. And I, I don't believe, right. I don't believe that everyone's at the same maturity level. I don't mm -hmm. believe that everyone knows how to handle things. Maybe some, some, you know, some teens can navigate their way through it and are the kind that will just like independently take off into the world and do their thing and know how to handle it. And, but then there's also the ones that I feel like aren't that way. And so, yeah, I think that that advice of just letting them figure it out themselves is is kind of horrible advice. Um, I feel like it's, mm -hmm. it's a big world and the court system is, is a rough place for adults, let mm -hmm. alone a teenager. Mm -hmm. And so, mm -hmm. um, as a grown adult, I know that you can get locked into it. You can get into the system and be stuck. Um, dealing with things 
perpetually for a very long time. Mm-hmm. And looking mm-hmm. back to have a teen figure it out is yeah. just setting it up for failure. Um, yeah. It's, it's just too much to, for them to interpret, to navigate and um, go through alone. Right. Yeah. And that's not to say that, um, you know, that they're not responsible for their actions and, and, and responsible for the consequences that come from those actions. But, but the idea of, well, you made your bed, now you lay in it and, you know, everybody else just backs away and you're left to deal with this alone. I mean, you wouldn't, you wouldn't handle any other situation in your family that way, you know, like that's, that's typically not how families are modeled. Usually family structures are built to endure things together and to go through things together. And this is, this isn't an exception to that, even though it may be something that we wrestle with. Would you agree with that? Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you think it is that gets in the way for parents? What do you think it is that is uh, kind of a roadblock to them reaching out and still staying connected during this process with their child? Well, I think there's two, two factors, one on each side, Uh, one on the side of the, the uh, child is that they're, they're wanting to distance themselves as a teen, they're distancing themselves, they're trying to find themselves. So there's that natural lack of attachment that comes with a teenager. Um, And then but then on the, mm-hmm. the other side, um, what's happening with a parent, in my opinion, is that there's this, oh, they're gonna, they're growing up, they don't need us, that detaching part of it. And then also, I think our ego really steps mm-hmm. into play when it comes to there being a problem with our child and how it reflects on us. And I think that's one of the biggest things that a parent will feel when a child is going through the court system is there's that, there's always that sense of pride Mm -hmm. and accomplishment that you hear from all the parents around you, you know, oh, my child mm-hmm. is doing this. My child is doing that. Oh, they're so amazing. Oh, they're doing. But then that's kind of taken away, not taken away, but taken back when a child gets into trouble and has issues. And, yeah. and that doesn't have to do with a child. That has to do with me. Mm-hmm. That has to do with now I can't brag about my child. Now I can't, mm-hmm. I can't share, mm-hmm. share his activities. And that's, that doesn't have to do with him. I mean, there's aspects, of course, I care about his future and how it's going to affect him and all that. But there's mm-hmm. the other side that it's, that it's all about me, which it shouldn't be at all. It shouldn't mm-hmm. be at all, but it reflects, mm-hmm. you know, you feel that reflection, your child's actions are reflected onto you. And so Mm -hmm. I think that whole withdrawal from being associated with the issue makes parents pull back and not keep that bond close with their child that's causing trouble. Yeah, that's a really good point. That's a really good point. I 
I know that I have to check my own ego a lot when it comes to uh, my kids, even today, you know, and, and I have to really ask myself if this is about me or if this is about them. And that's, um, that can be really challenging to do. But I think you're right. I think that we don't recognize it when we're in that moment that, that there is a, there is some of our pride and that there's feelings of shame that also, you know, have to do with us. And yeah, that just, especially during the teen years when there is so many changes that are happening and teens are all over the spectrum um, with what they're doing and what they're achieving. You know, you have some teens who are studying abroad and you have some teens who are, you know, barely passing algebra and, and they're just everywhere in between. And so, um, yeah, we have a tendency, I think, as parents to judge how good of parents we are based on how well our child is achieving. So what would you say to um, people who are listening that are thinking to themselves, yeah, that's great. I agree. I could probably spend more time connecting with my child, but he or she doesn't want to have anything to do with me. I've tried talking to them. It's always one word answers. They never really engage. And um, I don't even know how to make that connection happen. I would say don't give up because I think that it's their their response to just act like they don't care. But I feel like they do. Keeping them involved and spending time with them and making sure that they, even if they give you the cold shoulder while having these conversations, have the conversations, tell them what grandma's doing, tell them what the aunts and the cousins are doing, keep them involved in family activities as much as you can, have dinner sitting at a table, all of you together every night if possible, or a couple nights a week, just to keep that connection and, you know, give them the hug don't stop that because they got in trouble. Don't stop giving them the hugs. So they give you the cold shoulder. You never know. It might change if you just keep doing it. They might decide they want to wrap their arm around you. Yeah. What's it going to hurt? What's it going to hurt to keep going with that? Yeah. Don't stop. I love that. I love two things that you said there and they really stood out to me. Um, and the two things I wrote them down, actually, and I underlined them were don't stop and hug them. Um, I love how you talk about the idea that it's not something that you quit pursuing, that it's not, again, it's it's removed from your ego. It's just about showing an act of love and continuing to be loving, even when people in our lives um, are not always loving in return. So how does someone do that? Like if you were going to give somebody like step one advice, if you were going to talk, sit down and talk to a parent today and say, here's the first thing that you can do, just one, one small step towards doing this, what would you recommend that they do? Uh, well, along the same lines, don't withhold love because they got in trouble. Mm -hmm. 
that's like saying your toddler spills milk on the floor. So you're not going to hug him mm -hmm. for a week. I mean, that's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. We wouldn't do that to a small child. Why would we do it to, we wouldn't do it to our spouse. They, mm -hmm. they break something or they, they do something wrong. You don't mm -hmm. stop talking to them and stop mm -hmm. giving them love. So why would we do it to a teenager that's in trouble? So in our conversation that we had uh, together about this topic, I had asked you, what is a practical step that someone could take to begin this process today? What would that look like? And one of the things that you said that um, I thought was such great advice was that to just practice sitting and talking without all the judgments and, and keeping it light. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Spending time together and opening that line of communication isn't going to happen overnight. I think that's just walking into your child's room and telling them about your day, um, about activities that are coming up. Uh, show them a TikTok video that you liked, kind of forcing that interaction, mm -hmm. but not making it about anything that's going on with the trouble that they're in mm -hmm. or anything like that. Just, you know, does anything sound good for dinner tonight? Just making them part of the conversation without judgment. It may be a little difficult to do this at first, but I think if you just consistently go in and make them part of the family without judgment, that they're going to come out of their shell a little bit and start participating. It may be a long process, but it's a worthwhile process if they start being part of the family and realize that it doesn't all have to be a conversation about the trouble that they got into. I think creating a safe place to just be part of the family. Yeah, I love without, that. Without the negativity would make a huge difference. Yeah, that's so good. Um, I think this this time that we have is is going to go by one way or another, you know, and, and this, the one thing about um, having a child who's, whether they're facing charges in the beginning or um, they're on probation or even in incarceration, it's a long process. The whole process takes time. And so you have nothing but time. And so beginning the idea of determining how you want that time to be spent, because it's, it's there, whether we like it or not and giving some thought to how you want to use that time to strengthen your relationship with your child rather than to maintain the divide that's already there was uh, was such a great, great advice. So I thank you so much, my friend, for coming on uh, today's podcast episode and for sharing this insight that you had. I know that Anytime we're talking about these issues, it's challenging. It's not easy to do by any means. I know that it brings up, you know, regrets and, and it also brings up 
feelings that we've kind of tucked away and and haven't looked at in a while. And so I just thank you so much for for being vulnerable and for being willing to share your story and being willing to bring this um, little piece of light to the lives of parents who are going through it in real time. Thank you so much. Thank you. Okay, friends, well, that wraps it up for this week. Thanks so much for listening to Unyielding. I really hope that you found this information helpful and that it served you in some way today. If you did, could you show some love to this community of mamas by leaving a review and subscribing? You know how lonely this journey can be. And when you leave positive reviews and subscribe, it makes a big difference in helping other struggling moms out there find us. Oh, and don't forget to check out Pathways to Hope Network's website. The link will always be in the show notes below, where you can access an ever-growing library of resources, like a list of local and national resources that may be helpful, a page entirely devoted to frequently asked questions, as well as our blogs that cover a variety of topics. When you visit the page, remember to subscribe so you're added to our monthly newsletter designed to encourage and educate you throughout this process and beyond. You also receive access to our closed Facebook group community, where we break down this podcast even deeper. Just a reminder, our closed group is a small group of parents just like you that understands what it's like to have a child going through the juvenile justice system. Take advantage of this opportunity to be part of a safe space where families can come together to talk about their struggles, help answer questions, and provide judgment-free encouragement. You can also find our social media pages on Facebook and Instagram, where we post five days a week, posts designed to help keep you fighting. Remember, family is like life. It's a fight for territory, and once you stop fighting for what you want, what you don't want will automatically take over. Until next week, friends, remember we are stronger together.